Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management on WTMJ. Morning, everybody. Saturday, May 26th. Welcome to a special edition of Money Talk Annex Wealth Management. Today, we're going to meet some of the team at Annex behind the scenes who make things happen. First up, Randy Winkler from our financial planning team. First off, I don't know if I've ever met a math major. You are a real bona fide math major. I'm, I'm a geek. That's you're, true. <laughs> you're a geek. All right. As you were studying that in college, where did where were you going to go with that? Well, I wanted to be a computer programmer, and that is where I went with it. I was. Uh, this is my second career. I did that for about a decade before switching over to financial planning. So the math, oddly enough, even though I had no interest or knowledge or anticipation of getting into the financial realm, it all applies, and I use it every day. That's a good story. Annex is an efficient combination of teams woven together. It's a real cohesive unit. So where does financial planning department fit in that process? Well, I always joke that we do all the fun stuff. So we take care of any sort of planning that's outside of the investment world. Our investment department puts together the portfolios. We come up with a plan working with the advisor and the client for retirement, for education, for the, do you take the pension or the lump sum option? Do you, um, how do you bridge the gap between retirement and starting Medicare for healthcare? What's your distribution strategy? Anything that involves the plan comes through a financial planning department. It's probably okay to say you guys are the lifeblood. I mean, just between us. Well, we think that. We, we're, the, we're the geeks, and uh, we, we enjoy it, and I know our advisors appreciate uh, what we do with them. Tell me about the structure within your department. Well, I'm extremely blessed to lead a team of superstars that all have a great attitude and love coming to work every day, so we have a lot of fun. We have a number of CFPs on the team and a lot of what we call subject matter experts. So in any area that might come up, and new ones come up every day, so we're constantly learning, we've got experts people that know about Medicare, about long-term care, about pensions, a lot of the things I mentioned earlier. We've got somebody who can work uh, with the advisors either behind the scenes or actually in a meeting with the clients if it's something that they want to go into more depth. We talk a lot about the free portfolio analysis at Annex Wealth Management. That's you guys, right? Yes, that's part of what we do for everybody that comes in. We do the, the portfolio analysis and a framework for a financial plan. So those both come through the financial planning department. Uh, for the portfolio analysis, we take a look at what you hold now and put that into we run some reports and some software and see what are the fees you're paying what's the performance what's the risk you're taking and then the advisor determines is this appropriate for you based on the conversations that they have uh, the other part of it is the framework for the financial plan so what we do is we put together based on the notes from the advisor just a structure for the beginnings of a financial plan a financial plan is never done. In the old days, it was a map. Now it's a GPS, but it's a, it's a start. You start putting it together, and it'll continue to evolve over your lifetime. Is the financial planning department at Annex mostly on the front end of a relationship? Uh, no, it's probably more evenly spread and even a little bit more weighted towards the back end. Um, while you're in accumulation mode, there are things that we assist with. It might be education planning or picking the right mortgage and some of those decisions, but where it really starts getting uh, intense 
intense is when you get into your 60s, when it's time to make a decision about when do I start Social Security? Does it make sense to start at 62 or 70? Or I'm now retired and I need to distribute uh, money from my portfolio that I've built up. How do I get a paycheck from there when I'm not getting it from my employer anymore? Does some of it come from my Roth? Does it come from my 401k, my IRA, my joint account? A lot of people have no idea, and that's where the real fun starts. Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. You guys do a lot of what-if analysis? Yes, we do. Um, what, there's things behind the scenes when we're doing analysis that we'll say, well, you know, here's something that we see that we'd like to bring to the attention of the clients, and we'll work with the advisor on that. Uh, we've got fantastic tools. Our advisors do probably even more of that in the meetings where it comes up where a client says, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. How would this affect the plan? Or I have these two options. Uh, in our software, we can, on the fly, um, gives you a, a visual look at the different options that you have. Tell me about that recent conference you went to, and you were really fired up about this. You came back, and, and you said, we're ahead of the curve. Yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting. The whole first day of the conference is, where is the financial industry going? And where they were talking about this, and there were breakout sessions and different speakers, and they were saying that we're going from the transactional model to the relationship model. We're going from advisor-focused to client-focused. We're going from the suitability standard to the fiduciary standard, from individual advisors to the team. All day long, I was th sitting there thinking, well, we've been there for years and years. That's how we do it. There's no adjustment for us. We're just going to continue doing what we're doing and let everybody else try and catch up. Got a little bit of time left. Not to give out the secret sauce, but you're jazzed about the tech that we have here. Yeah, coming from the, you know, being a programmer for a number of years, that's an area that I'm interested in, and we're always taking a look at getting better there, and we've got some fantastic tools here, and I know you've been in my office, I have a whiteboard that's got a crazy looking it's, map. That's it's not white anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's just, it's a map of all the different software and how they communicate. We've got tools for evaluating uh, portfolios, we've got a really excellent tool for evaluating and discussing risk with clients, which they actually find fun. I never thought we'd get there, but they enjoy discussing risk. Our uh, financial planning software is very interactive and dynamic, and there's there's, we're probably looking at three, four, five different software packages right now for additional services we can bring. Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Money tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. 1017 and uh, 84 degrees. This is a special edition of Money Talk Annex Wealth Management. We're meeting the team behind the scenes. Up next is Joe Martin, our estate planning attorney. What is the simplest way to describe an estate plan? I break down estate planning into two important components for people. There's the lifetime planning to make sure that things are taken care of in the event that something happens to you, whether temporarily or permanently. And then there's also the estate planning that happens once you pass away, making sure that there's an easy distribution of your assets to your heirs. What's the difference between an estate plan and a will? A will is a component of the estate plan. That is one document that people use to make sure that their assets are passed to their heirs at their death. Okay. If somebody has a will, then why do they need an estate plan? Sure. So an estate plan, again, as we talked about earlier, encompasses multiple facets of your life. So for estate planning, you want to make sure that you have something called a durable power of attorney in place that helps make sure that if you're incapacitated for any reason, someone can step in and take care of your affairs. There's also a healthcare power of attorney so that if you cannot make healthcare decisions for yourself, there's someone there that can do that on your behalf. The will is only a component that comes into play once you have passed away. I've heard the word trust. What exactly are trusts? And does that is that part of your pie? Basically, the trust becomes the primary document and the primary vehicle by which you can pass assets at your death. It also helps provide some continuity of management of those assets during your life lifetime, 
both while you're alive, if you become incapacitated, and at death by avoiding the probate process. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, part of our very deep bench. Okay, you must run into this all the time. There's probably some confusion where people think that you gotta be like a mega rich Rockefeller to have an estate plan, right? Do you find that? I do, but estate planning in today's day and age with the new tax law that just got passed in December is no longer about planning to avoid estate taxes. Estate planning is about so much more. Making sure that your heirs are taken care of, there's continuity of management, if you have special needs of beneficiaries that need to be considered. So estate planning is all about things that we do for non-tax reasons and making sure that you're leaving a legacy, not avoiding estate taxes anymore. What about cases where there's like maybe a family business? It's it's first generation and it's setting up the second generation. Is that part of what we do? It's a component of what we do. We rely heavily on great attorneys in our markets to really advise those business clients as well as Annex. But succession planning for business owners is a critical component of estate planning to make sure that there's a seamless transition from the first generation to the next generation in that business. How often do you see cases where succession planning had, hadn't taken place and it's it's a problem. It does create a problem. I think a lot of attorneys that we work with and both here at Annex, we have great advisors on staff that can really start those conversations early in the process before it becomes a critical problem for for clients. Jill, if somebody brings in a previously constructed estate plan, something done outside of Annex Wealth Management and you're going to review it, what, what are your process steps? We see this a lot, Danny, because we don't draft estate plans in-house at Annex. We are here to provide a service and an advisory capacity for our clients. So estate planning will always be done by an outside attorney. But what happens is, is we have clients who maybe they did their estate plan 10, 15, 20. I've even seen some since I started here at Annex that are 30 years old, where it's really important to make sure that you're looking at that fairly frequently. I recommend at least every three years, but there are also events during your lifetime that require you to check in and look at that. If you've lost a spouse, if a child has died, if you have a significant change in your wealth, or even if there's some family dynamic, maybe a child's getting divorced or something along those lines, that it's really important to make sure that your estate plan tracks along with all of those changes that have happened. What kind of information do we provide back to the people with an estate plan? We provide information about what does their estate plan actually provide. So we look at all of the documents in detail to make sure it's actually what the client believes is in their estate plan. Sometimes there's a disconnect. Um, making sure that then all of the documents flow how they want it and we kind of demonstrate through a flowchart process what that's going to look like at the various stages of their life and how their assets are going to flow through that. I know you know and we talk about this a lot on the radio but the team here at Annex is really deep including a, a stellar tax department. You work in concert with them t when it comes to estate planning strategies, don't you? Absolutely. Mandy and I work very closely together because with the income tax laws and so many people have IRA assets and qualified plan assets that have really significant income tax issues that go along with them if they're not planned for correctly as part of an estate plan. So we work very closely together to make sure that whatever plan is in place for a client is done in the most income tax efficient manner. Jill Martin is a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Okay, I don't want to embarrass you, but you are in the UW-Eau Claire Athletic Hall of Fame for softball. You're involved in coaching locally. You want to give a shout out to any any of your favorite softball teams out there? <laughs> well, I love my Waukesha West Wolverines, so I can't complain about that. They're a great group of girls, and I love coach. Jill Martin, a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Spreading the wealth every Saturday. 
Here's more Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. 1025 on the uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's a Meet the Team special today on Money Talk. It's time to meet Stephanie and Shannon. They are members of the Client Service Manager team at Annex. Any other business, we sometimes lapse into jargon. I mean, everybody does it. So you hear us use the term CSM often. What exactly is a CSM? CSM is what Annex refers to as our Client Service Managers. And they're really the lifeblood here at Annex Wealth Management. They have interactions with all of our clients across all of our branches, and they do things from opening new accounts, ensuring that assets are transferring to the proper place, working alongside all of our wealth managers to meet with clients, get their financial planning set up, getting them online access, engage the rest of our team, like our estate planners and our tax planners. And they really have a lot of day-to-day contact with our clients. Many of them would call our client service managers friends. They talk about things. They share stories about their family, why it's important for them to to be working here at Annex. And they really become a good go-between between all the different teams here at Annex Wealth Management, all the different specialists here, and and are the face oftentimes and the voice of their relationship here at Annex. So how do we structure the team at Annex, the, the CSM team? So all the clients here at Annex Wealth Management are clients of the firm, um, which makes us slightly different than some other organizations. And our client service managers have interactions with clients everywhere. So one of our service managers in the Mequon office might talk regularly with a client who prefers to meet at our Appleton branch. And our service managers work alongside different wealth managers in different offices. But because of how Annex is organized and how much we value the team and the overall comfort level to our clients, a client could speak with any one of our many client service managers and still receive the same level of detail, the same kind of response, the same access as were if they were to talk with their primary service manager. What's wonderful here at Annex is that any service manager can help any client at any moment and make sure we give them that peace of mind to move forward. That's Stephanie Emmons, Program and Events Manager. She actually oversees our whole CSM team. Shannon is our lead client service manager. My father has an account here, and when I was working with him to kind of get it in line, we dealt a lot with Kathy Croak, who couldn't be with us today. She'll call and email, and if I don't get back to her in time, I hear from her again, and I like that. I like that persistence. So it seems that you need to be a persistent person. A lot of it is just understanding what this relationship means to our clients. They're entrusting us with some hefty responsibilities, and we take those very seriously. So we understand that if someone doesn't get back to us right away, life is going on. There's always 400 other things that our clients are engaged at, whether they're kids or grandkids or work or home or animals. We just know that this is an important facet of their success and of their comfort. And so we are incredibly persistent to make sure that they continue to feel that comfort and that nothing gets dropped and and there's no opportunities for, for anything to be missed. Also, we enjoy talking with our clients and sometimes we'll reach out on our own just because we haven't spoken to someone in a while and we want to catch up and see what's going on. Hey Shannon, what is a typical day for you? Is that even such a thing? The typical day is there is no typical day. Um, we can meet with and focus on one client throughout the day if there's something extreme happening in that client's life, if somebody's passed away, if there's an extreme life event, somebody lost their job. We can spend a lot of time focusing on one client in one day. However, in a typical day, we could talk with 20 or 30 clients because we're picking up the phone. We don't let anything go to voicemail or if it does, we call 
call you right back. It's it's our model that we will always get a live person. What are the steps? Somebody's inbound. Somebody's a brand new client. What are the steps that you go through? I think it's a little bit different for different service managers. So um, it kind of depends on when they decide, yes, we want to be an Annex client. Are they deciding that in the office during a meeting? If so, they may grab us and introduce us so there's a face to go with that name right away. Sometimes it's via email or via phone call. And from there, it's, you know, we have to gather some information. We try to make the process as easy as possible. We have a lot of technology that works well for us. So we use DocuSign. So you don't even have to come into the office to sign documents. A lot of times we can send them to you electronically. We want it to be a very simple process. I got into the point where it was, it was like, I don't even know what question to ask. Somehow you guys did. Absolutely. And that, again, is part of that comfort and value that clients have when working with Annex Wealth Management. Let us navigate that. These are complex topics and nothing can be more stressful than when you're trying to make a, a positive change and running up a against roadblocks. Stephanie Emmons, a program and events manager here at Annex Wealth Management. Your favorite thing about the job? Oh, the v- diversity. Every single day, to Shannon's point, is a different day. You don't know what your day is going to look like, and that is so fun. I'll get to speak with clients that maybe haven't talked to in a few months or maybe even a year or two because they've been working alongside someone else. And honestly, a lot of the, the things I enjoy best about the job is really the team. Um, we have a dynamic team of client service managers, and I tell them this all the time, that I truly enjoy working with all of them and they make coming to work every day a pleasure. How about you, Shannon? What's your favorite thing about this job? I think that the team and the support we actually provide each other and that that we can provide that support to our clients as well. Stephanie Emmons, Program and Events Manager at Annex, and Shannon Thurner, Lead Client Service Manager, part of the client service team here. You guys all rock. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money Talk with James Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. I got a special edition of Money Talk from Manage Wealth Management. We are meeting the team today. Here's Deanne Phillips, our Director of Client Learning and Development. Read this quote the other day, one of the greatest financial shocks you can experience is divorce. You are here to second that? It's lose-lose prospect when you're going through divorce, unfortunately, Danny. And women are still tending to come out of divorce with a downshift in standard of living. 75% of women actually statistically don't get all of the support do them. This is stuff that I heard 15, 20 years ago. It hasn't gotten better, huh? No, it's very difficult for women to re- fully recover from the effects of divorce statistically. You know, there are emotional, legal, and financial issues that they face. And there's one AARP study that just came out that said it's a husband's spending habits that was the primary reason the marriage broke up. Now, we call that financial infidelity. Is that talking about hidden accounts or just wild spending? Either. You just got back from this thing called the IDFA National Conference in Denver. You were really excited to go. You were really jazzed when you got back. I was. So that's the Institute for Divorce Financial Analysts. So I'm a CDFA, which is a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. I kind of look at it as an adjunct to a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. But it really narrows down specifically with issues in planning for people that are going through divorce. Am I right by thinking that the first thing when, when a marriage is heading to a divorce, you go to attorneys? Do 
people go to financial planners? I think they're beginning to more and more. They should. Actually, that same study and through AARP said the number one thing that women would go back and redo over if they could after their divorce was final is to engage a financial planner. There are a couple of different ways you can do a divorce. I mean, you could do it entirely by yourself, I suppose, if you really wanted to. Uh, And the opposite end of the spectrum is litigation. Most people try to not go through litigation because then you've got a third party, you've got this judge who's really making all the rules. A lot of people want to fall somewhere in the middle, so they'll do collaborative divorce, collaboration, or mediation in collaboration or mediation, they actually are sitting down together. Collaborative divorce, they are making an agreement that they will not hide assets, that they will be very forthcoming and honest in their dealings and really civil. Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning and Development. She is a certified financial planner. She's also a certified divorce financial analyst, and she's part of the team here. I'm going to toss a little jargon at you. QDRO, I think you called it quadro. What is that? That's called a qualified domestic relations order. And it's something that is used after the divorce is final, so post-decree, to split a qualified plan. So just stepping back for one moment, most couples have their biggest asset in a 401k or a retirement plan. And so when it comes to divorce, a lot of times that needs to get split up. This creates a little bit of extra work Mm -hmm. and difficulty because in order to split a qualified plan, you have to have that quadro. They have to be clear, state the amount of payments and the duration. Now they're governed by ERISA. ERISA governs company retirement plans and they have this anti-alienation clause. And basically what that means, more jargon, Danny, it means that you can't transfer your pension to anyone else, right? So they, it requires this order, which is drafted and then presented to the plan administrator. It only becomes qualified when the plan administrator stamps it and says yes. So when it comes to quadros, here's the takeaway. Ideally, in a perfect world, they would be filed and done the date of divorce decree. That rarely happens. Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development. Do people still hide stuff in the midst of divorce? Absolutely. And you know, sometimes it's not on purpose. Sometimes it is. But really what uh, CDFAs do are they work with attorneys, so the Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, to help uncover those and think of some things that, um, from a financial picture and point of view, that can assist the client, assist the attorney in discovery. And that does include knowing where to go to find statements and accounts and uncovering the assets, as well as providing an equitable split of the assets. As part of the deep team here at Annex, how do you fit into the picture with all of this? So a lot of times people will call and say, gee, you know, I'm thinking about filing. What will my financial picture look like after? I really just want to see if I'll be one of the statistics that never really recovers from this or not. So our team here at Annex can sit down with that person and do projections of what their life might look like after. Sometimes also people will come to us, Danny, in the middle of it uh, when they've had their knees knocked out and maybe they've been filed on and they just really don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's That's a case where we educate, we explain the different types of divorces, we help them again, championing them as a client here and reviewing documents, helping them ask the right questions. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, thanks for being on the team and thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Danny. Watch your investments grow with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald.
on WTMJ. 1043 at WTMJ, 87 degrees. We're meeting the team today on Money Talk. Here's the second part of our talk with Randy Winkler from our financial planning team. Randy, welcome back. Hi, Danny. When we first talked, you ran us through how the financial planning department works at Annex. I was under the assumption at first that you guys were all front end. That is far from the case. Correct. When someone comes in to meet with us for the first time, we put together a framework for a financial plan. And then for the rest of the relationship, we're building on that. Here's another incorrect assumption. The financial plan from Annex is leather-bound, big, thick document designed to be followed with zero deviation, even when circumstances change. That's wrong. That That is wrong. We don't do do that we see that every once in a while people bring it in and say look what i got it looks very impressive and it was accurate until it was done printing it's not living it changes you know it's got a portfolio value i commonly meet with people and say right now things are changing the market's you know going up and going down and that's affecting your portfolio we need to be able to adapt to that and people's situation changes very commonly so we need to be able to adapt to that as well do you think in the old days people did follow the plan no matter what from my experience most people looked at this very impressive bound document and didn't know what to do with it there was lots and lots of information there lots of data it made the advisor look very good but there were maybe three or four pages that had the the real meat um, of the situation but again it's only as good as it's current I, I always like to say that we create a, a GPS, not a map. Have you ever pulled an old map out of your glove compartment and it's got a picture of Lee Dreyfus on it and some of those roads don't exist? Try driving through the Marquette Interchange with a map from those days. It just doesn't work, but it was accurate at the time. Randy Winkler is financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. All right, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit. These are hypothetical client questions that might come up when they visit Annex, okay? Okay. Not exactly what you do, but how you'd approach the question. If, if a client comes in and they said, I don't know if I should pay my house off. I don't know if I should keep paying it. I don't know what to do. What's the thinking process there? A slight variation on that we hear all the time. And it's not asking that question. It's like, I want to pay off my mortgage. Okay. And then we talk to them about whether that's a good idea or not. So a lot of people say, it's, it's very much a gut decision. We try to make it a little bit more of a head decision. So if you say, I, I really want to pay it off, we'll take a look at, well, what's the interest rate that you're currently paying? And then what money are you going to use to pay that off? Is it coming out of your bank account and you're, where you're earning half a percent and your mortgage is four? Could make sense, unless that's all of your cash. You know, then if that's your emergency fund money, might not make sense, sure. but it could. What more commonly we see people say, well, I want to use my IRA. I'm like, okay, when you take that out, you're going to pay income taxes 24%. And, oh, by the way, you're under 59 and a half. There's a 10% penalty. So now you're at 34%. So now your 34% money is a lot more expensive than your 4% mortgage. Sure. We're talking about planning, and it's a plan. So a client comes in, and they say, listen, I, I just got laid off. Uh, I can't follow this plan, or I, I, I need to change the plan. Right. That's where we have to have some things built in, like an emergency fund. Hopefully, we've got that in place. If not, we probably need to move some money to cash out of the, the market to put in place so that they can get a paycheck from the portfolio. Oftentimes, there can be real opportunities. Let's say you got laid off today and you didn't get a job for the rest of the year. Depending on your situation, you might be able to take advantage of your lower tax bracket. Ah, sure. You do a Roth conversion during that time. So it's not always black and white, good or bad. There can be opportunities, but there's planning that's involved. Client comes in and is thinking about maybe taking a different job, maybe even a different city? I mean, are there, you, you got to kind of put that on the scale, huh? That's a great question because we'll take a look at, okay, are you moving to another city? What's the cost of living? We've seen people that move to a you know, much better job moving. Yeah, get a so, huge gig in right. New York City. Yeah, we and saw it pays from, X. It, it exactly. has to. Yeah, and then they get there and it's like, I'm worse off because I'm making more money but the cost of living, so they, they come back. Uh, another question is, what are the details of the retirement plan? If you're not eligible to get into a 401k for a period of time, you 
even though you're making more money, but you're not getting that match, you're not funding your retirement, it can put you behind. Some of these plans, they have uh, eligibility of six months or a year, and they have an entrance date that could be every six months. So you could go up to 18 months without being able to get into the plan. So you think you're better off because your paycheck's bigger, but now your plan is disrupted. We discuss the situations, we talk through it, and we help people make the right decision. Okay, client comes in and says, listen, I would like to buy a Lamborghini. What will that do to my retirement? That's fine. Even I know the answer to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah. You know, we I have a, a real world situation. We had somebody come in, a couple, and they said, I want to buy a Corvette. And we can plug it in. We have software that has something that's called a decision center where we can on the fly plug in different scenarios. Say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. This is the effect it's going to have on the plan. In this case, it was very interesting. I think I may have told this story on the radio once before. The plan showed that it was still successful. They could still have a very successful retirement buying this $85,000 car. The wife looked at it and said, well, wait a minute. That's going to cost our uh, the life of our plan over a quarter of a million dollars. We're not buying a quarter million dollar car, even though the plan looked good. We can help with the decision, but there's still going to be some discussion going on between the between the spouses. Cue the womp, womp yeah. sound effect. <laughs> okay, somebody comes in and says, listen, I, I think I want to retire early. That that one happens more often than you think. So people come in and they can even apologize. I'm like, I know I was planning on retiring in five years, but I can't take it anymore. Can I retire today? We can plug that into our decision center software and say, yes, you can. No, you can't. If you do, we have to factor these things in. So we had a scenario not that long ago, someone was going to retire at 65, wanted to retire at 60. Well, at 65, they're eligible for Medicare. At 60, they need health care to bridge the gap. So we had to factor in that expense, which wasn't in the original plan. We had to take a look at, okay, now you've got five more years of retirement that's coming out of your portfolio. What's the, what's the effect? Again, we're talking planning here. Have you ever found, and you said apology, have you ever found that people are apologetic that they're going to deviate from their plan a little bit? Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of funny, and that might go back to the old bound copy, where it's like, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's written, it's printed, it's, it's sacred. It's not like that anymore. It's not our job to tell you where you're going. It's to help you get there. I like to use the analogy that wealth management is like a travel agency, where the financial plan is where you want to go, and the portfolio is how you get there. Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for jumping on. Oh, great to be here, Danny. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Memorial Day weekend, and we're rounding out the Meet the Annex team special with Colleen Henderson. As you worked in your last job, you saved, you invested all along the way, correct? <laughs> yes, I did. When I was working at a local company, I, I put my savings into an IRA. I put it into the company's 401k. I had some savings at a local bank. Uh, my investments were in primarily in mutual funds, but my primary concern was saving as much as possible for retirement. So you did the usual thing that everybody does. That's exactly right. And when my retirement was about a year away, I began to think seriously about what my income needs were going to be in retirement. And I felt I needed to work with a financial planner to help me put this plan together. Describe the steps that you took. So my beginning step, I did an internet search on how to choose a financial planner. Then I bought some books on retirement planning. I had conversations with friends and business colleagues, and I tried to figure out what was important to me. So the next thing I did was to prepare a questionnaire for potential meetings with financial advisors. I 
I made a list and I looked on their websites to learn about what their business approach was. And then I ended up developing a list of companies that I wanted to interview. You narrowed it down to how many? To six. And they were different kinds of firms. I did that on purpose. I wanted them to be large firms, smaller firms, firms I knew something about, maybe some I did not. The first firm was one that uh, managed our company's 401k. And I thought, well, let me start there. This is certainly a company that I know. The next thing I did is I looked at a global money management firm that had a local office. They had more of a technical focus than I thought I was interested in. And so I went to the third company. Now, I think many of you end up in this same situation. You ask your friends, well, who did you use? Of course, I had a friend who had an independent advisor that they recommended. And what I learned is that they had limited depth and experience, and they were a one-person shop. The fourth company was a financial planning advisor services from my local bank. So clearly I had a relationship with the bank already. I was looking for what they might have to offer. They were competent, certainly, but not very active managers. And they didn't have a lot of innovative tools that people use today. As you met with these different companies, and we're not all the way through the list yet, but how quickly did you kind of get that sense that they were either right or maybe not right at all? It was hard to do. I would actually be impressed with each one. And then I'd get home and I'd look at the list and how I felt about it. I'd review the materials that they gave me. And then I thought, well, I'll keep going with my list. I want to get this whole thing done before I make a decision. So the next two were companies that actually had local radio programs that I listened to. The first one was interesting. They seemed to have primarily a series of mutual funds. And that was certainly a valuable way to do it, but not as customized as what I was looking for. The last one I was very impressed with. They had what I call a team approach. They seem to have some really interesting cutting edge tools, good client follow-up and feedback and interaction and very nicely done relationship uh, interaction when I came in from my meeting. When you met with all six, you had a questionnaire. Can you describe that? The first one is I wanted to understand how they described their firm and what sets your company apart from your competitors. Then I wanted to know what was the range of services that they performed. I wanted to know how they charged for their services. Do they charge commissions, fees? Did they sell other things like annuities or perhaps some insurance products? I wanted to know if they were a fiduciary. I wanted to know how they made their investment decisions. That was a key consideration, I think. Did they use mutual funds, individual securities? Did they have someone on their staff who actually did that work? How often would they evaluate my situation and give me an update? I also wanted to know if they had something online so that I would be able to look at my information, not just with an annual or quarterly report or something like that, but whenever I wanted to see where I was at. I also thought it was very important that I had a communication from my financial planner in times of distress in the market, because that's when most people are nervous about what's happening to their plan. And I was hoping they would reach out to me and I wanted to know how they did that. Mm -hmm. You also recorded some intangibles. What were the intangibles? I did. My first question was, after my call to set up an appointment, how long did it take for the company to call me back? What was the range? 10 minutes to three days. What was the atmosphere in the office when I arrived? Then when I spoke to the advisor, were they knowledgeable? A key question for me was, did they listen to what my interests and concerns were, or they focused on just selling me something that they had? I also was interested in whether or not 
they had what I call good follow-up skills. We had a meeting. Did you send me an email back saying, glad to meet with you. Here's the next step. Did you call me back? How did that all go? And then I really wanted to know how their company was going to be organized to manage my portfolio. So what does the company look like? Who's there uh, when I come in to talk to you? In the end, did you do a point system or was it a gut feel or was it a combination? A good question. First of all, I made a note on all these questions and I, I rated you based on, <laughs> rated the company based on how well I thought they met those. Sure. And it was really interesting because I learned a lot as I went along the way what was important to me. In <clears throat> the end, what would you say were the, the top things that made you choose your financial planner? Number one, I wanted someone who was a fiduciary. I wanted to be, to avoid being sold other products like insurance or annuities. Did some try? Yes. I wanted an advisor who was compensated in a way that aligned with my financial goals. I wanted a company with a deep bench and, you know, knowledgeable financial planners in-house who really made a commitment to managing my portfolio in a responsible way. I wanted a financial plan that was customized for me. You'd be surprised how many people had something that was very much cookie cutter. I wanted a partnership for the long run. I didn't want to start out somewhere and then find out I wasn't satisfied and have to do this all over again. So you didn't spin the wheel, but when it eventually wound up on somebody, That's it right. was... Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management. And now you're working here. I am. We alluded to it earlier, but you're working on some really, really cool things. I can tell you're excited about yes. it. So we are putting together some financial wellness that we are going to use for our 401k clients and eventually for others in the other clients of the company as well. Colleen Henderson, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank so, you. Where is Annex Wealth Management? Elm Grove, Mequon. Lake Country branches in Delafield. We're in Appleton. Coming soon to downtown. We'll be in the Fister. The hard hats have now been put on the shelf. Working on IT and furniture and stuff like that and making it look really nice. And of course, Annex everywhere. So if you can hear this radio station and we're talking about anywhere, uh, we've got a setup for you to uh, technologically hook up with us and have a great one-on-one -on -one meeting. The number, 262-786-6363 or AnnexWealth.com. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.